What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Okay, you know, like at camps and stuff like this, you take the ball out. You ain't getting the ball back. <laughs> like, you the last one up the court. They already did their thing. So I stopped there, and I just got into a rhythm and started hooping. The Lakers should sign Trey Young this summer. They got to kind of start preparing for, like, if LeBron's last year is this year or next year, whenever it is. And I feel like a uh, pick and roll with AD and a guy like Trey Young would be deadly. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. AT&T connects an ode to podcast. Connect the alarm, change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze, 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower, lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work and traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Moments like my daughter telling me a new joke mean a lot to me. But after being diagnosed with metastatic breast cancer, or MBC, which is breast cancer that is spread to other parts of the body, they mean even more. I take Ibrance, Palpocyclib. Ibrant's 125 milligram tablets with an aromatase inhibitor is for adults with HR positive HER2 negative NBC as the first hormonal based therapy. Ask your doctor about Ibrant's and visit Ibrant's.com. Ibrant's may cause low white blood cell counts that may lead to serious infections. Ibrant's may cause severe inflammation of the lungs. Both of these can lead to death. Tell your doctor right away if you have new or worsening symptoms, including trouble breathing, shortness of breath, cough, or chest pain. Before taking Ibrance, tell your doctor if you have fever, chills, or other signs of infection, liver or kidney problems, are or plan to become pregnant, or are breastfeeding. Common side effects include low red blood cell and low platelet counts, infections, tiredness, nausea, sore mouth, abnormalities in liver blood tests, diarrhea, hair thinning or loss, vomiting, rash, and loss of appetite. Welcome back, All the Smoke, Summer League 2022, coming to you live from the Legend Suite in uh, the Wind. Yeah, Las Vegas boys. We here. Uh, introduce our next, because what y'all been doing before the cameras came out, <laughs> I'm mad the cameras weren't on. <laughs> introduce your man. I was my real brother, man. Uh, somebody I hate, for real, in real life, <laughs> real time. I uh, wish everything bad had, had happened to him and only him. No success in his life is ever coming this way, and I'm happy to say that. 
Uh, now, my real brother, uh, somebody who I'm proud of to see what he's doing in the HBCU space. Um, we did some great things together and hung out the whole time my NBA career. And somebody who I really love is a real brother, Bonzi Wells. Welcome, bro. Today. Welcome to the show, hey, doggy. Thanks for I ain't shaking you, your hand. I shook your hand about 10 times already hey, today. When Jack was on no block, what'd you say? <laughs> I was kind of hoping that he got robbed. <laughs> <laughs> But it was all love, though. It, it was, was all, all love, love though. <laughs> <laughs> I almost, I almost <laughs> when he said that shit. The hey, man, if y'all can hear the, the conversations and the back and yeah, forth I we wish. have, I think if, you, if we could just get, we're going to have to start going on Twitch. and um, Just live streaming just live everything. Live streaming, dog. <laughs> yeah, yeah. These motherfuckers What we do in that game is, is classic. Uh, man, welcome, Bonzi. Uh, long overdue. Yeah. Let's get right to it, man. You had a great idea that you said came together in five weeks. You put on the first ever HBCU Combine at this year's Summer League. Uh, talk to us how that came about and who helped you put, put that vision together. Um, you know, when I first got the job at HBCU at Lemoyne Owen College, I, I told myself I want to do everything I can to help it. You know, once, especially once I got there and met the people and saw how it really mm -hmm. goes down. And, um, you know, I actually attended the NBA combine in Chicago this year and met some great people there, you know, networking. I met this guy named Brooks, and we just got to just, you know, hitting it off talking. And he told me he had an idea that he wanted to run by me, and I said I had some stuff too. Ended up coming, we was on the same page about doing a showcase for the kids to be able to, you know, take the HBCU kids who don't get recruited, don't get looked at, mm -hmm. who just have careers and just kind of just try to make it somewhere to really give them an opportunity to um, be recruited and looked at by pro personnel. So this is about five, well, whatever the Coke Combine was five, six weeks ago, and it became an idea, and then the momentum started going, and he asked me could I find some coaches and that's HBCU NBA lineage that could come through and help us. So I called Kenny, Kenny Anderson, I called Mo Williams, and I called mm -hmm. Reggie Theus. Immediately jumped on board. Mm. We put our heads together and we had our first one yesterday. And just to see it, you know, come together, bring in 30 young fellas that's chasing the dream, just like us. You know, we're all parents. So, you know, you mm -hmm. see, you see that the sun in them. Right. You know, so, you know, it just felt good. And, you know, I got kind of emotional because, you know, we know the grind. We know how, how it is. So it just felt good to be a part of it and just, you know, just just to be a part of HBCU's culture, period. Uh, head coach at Lamont Owen, how did uh, that opportunity come about and how's it going over there? Well, you know, um, you know, with this with this fool over here, Stack, you know, we support each other and everything. I know we play around, but, you know, we got a serious side to us where we support each other and everything we do. And um, a few years back, the Allen Iverson um, Classic came about and came to us a couple years ago. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, we had our podcast, Let's Get Technical, with my brother Rasheed Wallace. And, you know, you guys got your um, wonderful um, podcast on, you know, when Ibo and the people came to us to have, like, a, a battle against, you know, our pod against y'all. Mm -hmm. And we got the All-Americans all during the pandemic. It was just mm -hmm. a great move, man. You know, obviously you didn't get to attend, but you know I don't want to put you on, throw you on the bus. <laughs> but but honestly, you know when we got there, we didn't know we was gonna really see. See, he's just like you now. No, 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 no. Honestly, we didn't know what we was gonna see. And when we walked into the gym with, you know, we had Chet, we had Paolo, we had all the first round kids that basically got drafted this year. You know, on our teams. And when we walked in, we saw all the NBA personnel and all these agents and everybody kind of in there. And we had a real practice. Mm -hmm. Like we were, you know, we don't we don't be fucking around. You know what I'm saying? Right. We don't got no time. Like once you get in that rectangle, if you ain't hooping for real, you know, you gotta get the fuck about the gym. You know, that's kind of the motto. So they saw how we was kind of handling them kids, and we don't give a fuck about All-Americans and all that shit. You know, we done did that. They just kids work. to us, you know what it's I mean? Work. So we handled them as such, and people was coming to us like, yo, what you, what you doing now? Me and she, and we like, yo, we just kind of volunteer high school coaches because, you know what, we just volunteer our time for kids and do whatever we can. Didn't want to really get locked into anything, so people was just saying, I need to do more. You can be a college coach. And about a month later, a guy called me. was like, hey, I got an HBCU opportunity. Would you like mm. to, you know, spearhead the movement? You know, you see what Dion's doing and you see what, you know, kind of the way it's going. Would you like to do it? So 
you know, I was nervous. Didn't know how to even answer it. So I just, you know, talked to God, prayed on it, and just, you know, let him just take my heart. And I woke up the next morning, and Lemoyne Owen College was on my heart. Mm. Called him, told him I'm going to do it. And I just been, you know, just taking it day for day, you know, because I didn't know if I was strong enough to be a leader of a man like that and leader mm. of this thing. But, you know, God, you know, kept me around for a reason. And I'm just thankful that I got this opportunity to be the person. I mean, that's beautiful. Obviously, Dion's made such a big impact at, at yeah. Jackson State. And uh, you got Mo Williams over there now, what you're doing. You say Kenny Anderson. Yeah. There's enough people out there to continue to bring attention and, and opportunity. And we want to salute you, obviously, for, you know, being a, kind of the, the brain behind this combine idea. Yeah. So, you know, best of luck to them uh, young fellas out there, man, in your journey. Born and raised in Muncie. <laughs> but nobody know you. Yeah. You're probably the most least famous person to ever come from out of there. But let's talk about your upbringing. Man, you know, Indiana, you know, if you know Indiana, Indiana's a basketball state. I was raised old school, you know, in basketball. You know, basketball, you know, we have a blue-collar country. I mean, sorry, in town. Um, a lot of our people either, honestly, they either sell dope or they work in a factory. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of what it is where I'm from. So we kind of either blue-collar. My dad was the one who worked in the factory. So I was blessed to, you know, have a father that, not, not saying, you know, not saying that's just kind of what it was back then. I said nothing against those guys who did it or whatever, but, you know, my dad just kind of raised me. I had a two-parent home, mm -hmm. you know, and, and basketball was life. Me and my parents are, you know, very close now. I, I got five brothers and sisters, you know, grew up. I, my mother is one of 18 kids, so I have a really big family. One of your brothers just came home? Yeah, one of my brothers just came home from yep. the joint. Yeah, But, yeah, I have a really big family. So I'm Muncie. We're about 60,000 people, but we have a, just a small community of um of color, blacks, and, you know, people of color, about 10,000 of us. So we all know each other, some kin to each other, or dated each other. So it's just kind of like a small community I've always grew up in, and basketball is kind of life. And, you know, I kind of grew up where, you know, when you get to a certain age, 13, 14, or 15, if you can play some ball, they throw you to the vets, the OGs, mm -hmm. the grown people, and that's kind of the way I learned how to play basketball. You know, I could play a little bit, but once I really started learning how to play, they threw me to the vets, and I've been playing with grown men since I was 14 or 15, so... Basketball was just life for me, and it kind of gave me a pathway to what I'm doing now. And, you know, but just had a great upbringing in terms of community. You know, we didn't have, we had violence just like everybody else, but, you know, we were community driven where everybody kind of policed themselves and protected each other. So I was just blessed, to, you know, to be able to go through the process and just kind of make it through it. In Muncie, growing up playing basketball, who were your influences? Like, who you looked up to? Who do you pack in the game? Like, I know you told me you looked up to Bimbo Coles. So. <laughs> Come on, man. Time out, bro. What is wrong with you? Where the fuck you get that name from, man? Oh, what's wrong with you, dude? Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Man, you stupid little motherfucker, man. Oh, Can we be serious? Okay, I'm, I'm trying, bro. Right. I'm trying. Um, influences. I mean, I, you know, you have a lot of inner city influences, but, you know, me growing up, I used to really want to pattern my game after a glam Big, Robert, big Dog Robinson. Big Dog, of you course. Know, he's, he's an Indiana guy from Gary, Indiana, you know, and he was a legend to us, you know. And he was a guy that I felt like I'm more related to because he was, you know, Gary is a real tough neighborhood. You know, they kind of, you know, hood, and that's somebody I wanted to be like. I mean, he went to Purdue. He was All-American. He swept mm -hmm. all the awards. He won the first, you know— a state championship in Indiana, which was tough back then because we only had one state champion. We don't have class basketball. So he did oh, that. that's even harder. Yeah, yeah that's so crazy. he went to Purdue, did all the awards, number one pick, and he had a great career. So that was one of my guys who I really, really, really patterned my game after and just tried to be like. And it's the craziest thing. I never really, really met him off the court. And that's mm. one of the 
craziest thing because still to this day, still to this day, mm. and he's one of my favorite players, you know, ever. I used to wear the high socks like him. I used to try to, you know, we had a, almost a similar game, you know, coming up. Mm-hmm. Big dog. Uh, what was your recruitment process like? Oh man, uh, you know, I never had an opportunity to go to a basketball camp. You know, I just kind of played ball in my hood, and you know, back where we're from. You know, you don't really go to camps. You kind of play in hood tournaments. Mm-hmm. So where we're from is is that, you know, you get the best people from your hood and you all play against the best people mm-hmm. from that hood. We're going to meet at this tournament. We're going to play. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, the Rucker Park type joint when everybody's around and you got right. everybody. So that's the only way I really knew thing. how to play ball. So I'm playing in that when I'm like 14 and 15, playing with the grown men, doing that stuff. So that was kind of, you know, how I got found. But So I got recruited by Indiana and Purdue. And I remember... Crazy story. Indiana came to recruit me, and that was around the time when Bobby Knight was on his bullshit, and he was he had to whip out and whip and kick pits and all that shit. Shit. And I, I saw him come in. It was like, man, Bonds, we eye you. I left the gym. I was like, man, I ain't got no time for this shit. I was like, man, I've been and kicked your motherfucking ass and be done mm-hmm. black ball forever. <laughs> Cause I know me. I don't, you know, I know my daddy and my uncle them. You know, they, they don't play that it. shit. Right. So I, you know, I got, you know, I, IU and Purdue was big. I really wanted to go to Purdue because, like I said, um, big, dog. big dog was my favorite player. So I was going to go to Purdue. Well, we had a guy um, named Ray McCollum. He's from my born and raised in my city. Went to my high school. Went to Ball State, and he was at Wisconsin with Mike Finley and all them guys. Happened to get the job at Ball State. Knew my pops and all them, and he was just like, "Hey, if you come to Ball State, I never recruited at your position. Mm-hmm. You know, you go to these other schools, they're gonna be having the top Over 50, yep. 100 people. They're gonna be recruiting at your spot. He's like, I let you flourish, and I'm gonna get you to the league. Mm-hmm. And I was like, cool, and it just worked out. And you know, when I got there. You know, it just, you know, he started me from day one. Is that where Jesus Shuttlesworth went? Who? Jesus Shuttlesworth? No, no. No, you talking about No. You're crazy. <laughs> What's wrong with y'all? That wasn't where he went? Off the movie? No. What was it called? It was fictional. It wasn't Ball it was State? No, it wasn't Ball State. <laughs> I know it wasn't a real school. Uh, man, uh, over a four-year career, 2,500 <laughs> points. Uh, you were in a, a heavy draft class, 11th pick in the 98 draft. Yeah. Uh, heavy litter with Vince Carter, Jameson, Paul Pierce, Dirk. Did you get a chance to see any yeah. of these guys in workouts? How did that happen? Please explain. I ain't gonna lie, man. I was cold to motherfucker back you, then. Yeah, you was. Nah, but I was just, a just, just to be honest, man, you know, yeah. like, you know, playing at Ball State, you know, you kind of get in that mid-major, they tell you you really ain't, you know, they kind of kind of put you in that shelf, like, you know, you're not, you know, I don't care what your stats is, you're not at a, you know, a top division one, so they kind of kept me in a bubble, but it's crazy, this is a true story. As a sophomore, I had a chance of coming out. I was averaging like 25 and a half. I was leading the nation in steals, and this is how, I, I've never left my city in my whole life until I went pro, so I don't know shit but my city. So a guy came in, this is a true story, he was a general manager for the Pacers. And he came in, and then general manager, in my mind, I'm thinking he that manager to kind of get the bags and do all this shit, don't know nothing about nothing. <laughs> so he's telling me, like, yo, if you come out, I'm pretty sure we're going to pick you. I don't care what pick we get, we're going to pick you. And I'm over here, my coach looking at me, hype, like, yeah, I'm telling you, I'm over here looking at him, like, I'm thinking he the manager, manager. So I didn't come out, and they ended up, you know, picking like um, Eric Dampier. They had the lottery pick like a number 11 in 96. So this is hey, this that heavy draft in 96 where, you know, the, the real draft where mm-hmm. Cole, back, this, that, that's that draft. So I'm scared to death, so I don't leave. And come to find out this guy was Billy Knight. I don't know if y'all know Billy Knight. You know, he's big-time exec in the league and all this stuff. But I didn't really know who he was. And he was like, man, we got, we, you know, we the NBA really wants you. And this is really before the internet and all this shit. You know, wasn't no computers or nothing like that. So I couldn't really see my mock draft history and where I was going to go. So, you know, my senior year... I did about 12 workouts, worked out for teams, met a few dudes that they was had us against. I ain't see Paul or nobody like that, but I, I killed them fools everywhere I went. You know, everywhere I went. And then when Detroit, they picked me at 11, it was just like crazy because I went right after Paul Pierce. You know, you know what Paul has mm-hmm. did with his career. 
but just where I'm from and all that heavy draft, I was just blessed. Mm-hmm. First impression of Portland and that team. <laughs> Damn. Man, that team was wild. Like, I was, I remember my first day, you know, when I got traded, you know, because when I first, I got drafted by Detroit. Mm-hmm. So I'm supposed to be hanging with Joe Dumars and Grant Hill them. So, you know, my life was, well, my experience was supposed to be totally different, yeah. you know, so. <laughs> that's nice. Nice. that's <laughs> nice day. So now I go out to Portland. I remember I, I worked out with Grant right before I got traded. And I'm like, dang, I'm about to be on some Grant stuff. We about to be square and straight lace. And then next day, I got traded to Portland. And I remember I couldn't practice for like the first day. And I'm looking in there. I'm looking, I'm seeing J.R. Ryder, She, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Jermaine, you know, Damon Stoudemire, Sabonis, all the who's who, Stacey Augman, Walt Williams. And I remember sitting there literally. I was nervous, scared, because I'm like, these are the who's who of basketball. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, damn. I'm just saying to myself, like, man, I ain't going to never play. <laughs> I just remember saying to myself, I ain't going to never play because these guys are established pros. Jimmy yeah. Jackson at the two. You know, I got to go, I'm, you know, J.R. Ryder, Jimmy Jackson at the two. You got Damon Stoudemire, Gary Grant at the point. I mean, sorry, Greg Anthony at the point. Walt Williams, Stacey Augman at the three. Rasheed and uh, Brian Grant at the four. Sabonis and Jermaine O'Neal at the five. So these are like real names. So I'm just sitting back in this mug like, man, I don't know if I'm ever going to play. But once I got in there and got my feet wet a little bit and I realized I can get down with them a little bit, I, you know, after about you know, a month or two, I got my confidence together. Mm. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. Like that, see that. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he ain't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. How do we level the playing field for all entrepreneurs? 55% of white businesses survive the startup phase, while only 4% of black businesses do the same. So I want every black entrepreneur to know about the One Million Black Businesses Initiative. The One Million Black Businesses Initiative is an award-winning program created by Shopify and Operation Hope. They're on a mission to start, grow, and scale 1 million black businesses by 2030, driving wealth creation for the black community. Out of 6 million employer-owned businesses in the U.S., only 2.3% have black ownership. This program gives black entrepreneurs tools and resources to level the playing field, from free business coaching to tailored training and extended free Shopify trial. Shopify's made a 10-year, multi-million dollar commitment to the program, and it's working. The initiative already started, supported, and engaged with over 334,000 black businesses, helping them operate businesses that sell anything from skateboards to coffee beans to apparel. Business owners love this program. Simone Harvin, founder of SC Creative Group, says, The 1 million black businesses experience for me was unlike any other program I've been a part of, primarily because it was for us and it was by us. Here at Drink Champs, we are always interacting with our listeners, many being black entrepreneurs. Shopify is one of those platforms that empowers and emboldens entrepreneurship. 
So chart your own path for business success with the 1 Million Black Businesses Initiative and Shopify. Bring your business to Shopify with an exclusive offer at shopify.com slash B-E-N, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash B-E-N. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Got my Prevnar 20 shot. It's a pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. For us, wise folks, it helps protect. I'm 19, strong. And asthmatic and at higher risk. Get vaccinated, but, but nothing when grandma speaks. Grandson listens. 19 or older with chronic conditions like asthma, diabetes, or chronic heart disease, or 65 plus, you may be at higher risk for pneumococcal pneumonia. Prevnar 20 can help protect you with just one dose. Prevnar 20 is approved for adults to help prevent infections from 20 strains of the bacteria that cause pneumococcal pneumonia. Continued approval may depend on a supportive study. Don't get Prevnar 20 if you've had a severe allergic reaction to the vaccine or its ingredients. Adults with weakened immune systems may have a lower response to the vaccine. Side effects include pain and swelling at the injection site, fatigue, headache, muscle, and joint pain. For full prescribing information, please call 1-855-213-2138 or visit Prevnar20.com. Ask your doctor or pharmacist about getting vaccinated with Prevnar20, even if you've already received another pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. Talk about she, y'all know y'all, I know y'all super close, y'all partners in the media space as well. What should, what she mean to you? Everything. That's my brother, man. And like mm-hmm. he's been everything to me. You know, like you know, I know we play around and all that stuff, but people don't understand she's heart and the type of person he is in real life. You know, we all get a bad rap. You know, from the Portland bullshit and all the stuff they try to put on us. But in real life, we real good people. And she's an even better person than I could ever want to be because he's a true friend. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, you know, anytime I've ever needed somebody to talk to, somebody to check me and all that stuff, I can call she. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So it's been a blessing to have him to kind of help me in my journey. You know what I'm saying? Be a big brother, somebody I really can almost bow down to, you know, a little bit in terms of, you know what I'm saying? Because I could be Brody and all that stuff. It's cool to have a big brother because I don't have one. Yeah. So, you know, Sheed has been great for me. And, you know, when I went on this journey with the HBCU, you know, people don't understand this. She was supposed to be the head coach at the HBCU. Mm. But, but Penny came in last minute and brought, brought him Memphis. over to yeah. Memphis. And he was like, hey, let's just live together. We're going to help each other. So we live together down in Memphis. Just been helping each other mentor. And that's just what big bros do, man. And, you know, just to see what he does and, you know, the type of person he really, really is and, you know, all the stuff he does behind the scenes. People, the people don't, really don't know. credit all the stuff he does behind the scene, man. Just Thanks. to see that, you know, it's inspirational for me and just kind of keeps me going, you know, and all that good stuff. Year two in Portland, you played big minutes in the playoffs. We was talking about this uh, yesterday. Like, you was going at code. What was that series like? Man, that's a piece of code, man. Like, you know, man, I was new. 
you know what I'm saying? I didn't really know what the Hungry. moment. I didn't know the moment. You know, I'm still my first time really playing, and I was just, you know, I was competitive. So, you know, Kobe, Kobe, even though he was Kobe, he was still a young boy to me. He was younger. So you know how I go. You ain't going to let no young boy get off. But I'm just not going to, I mean, I, I guarded him well. You know, we competed well. I competed well against him, but we had great team defense. People don't understand mm -hmm. the importance of team defense. Right. They only important understand the importance of who was behind me telling me to push him mm -hmm. here and push him there. I got Scotty Pippen telling me Rashid Wallace are two of the best defenders. Then I got really Sabonis, who's almost a real giant in real life, mm -hmm. protecting the rim. So <laughs> don't get me wrong. I, I, I chested right. him and kind of kept him at bay, but, you know, it was a total team effort because, you know, guys like him is unstoppable. You yeah. know, I, know, I know the drill with him. You know, once he get to going, and this was Afro Kobe, you know. Was, number eight. You know, this is when he was uber, Put uber, in the uber, basket. uber athletic, right leg, you know, fades and all that. And, you know, but, you know, just being able to compete with him was was a blessing. And, you know, one of my biggest regrets, you know, since he's been gone is that I never got to know him off the court. You know, I only mm -hmm. know him as a competitor. And, you know, I pray to him a lot, you know, and stuff, and, you know, just talk to him in my own way like we all mm -hmm. do. You know, but I just, that's one of my biggest regrets in basketball. But, you know, back then, you know, it wasn't no friends off the court. Once we competed, right. we ain't working out with each other. At we ain't all. hanging none of that none stuff. Of that. We, ain't, we ain't cool. I'll see you post-career, but we ain't, we ain't working right. out. I don't want you to see my sauce. I don't want you, you know, vice none, versa. None so. of that. But, yeah, that was one of my biggest regrets that I didn't get a chance to. And when I see other interviews and all the stuff, I, mean, I was blessed to do the stuff. I just get chills because, you know, he was just such a great, you know, person, human being, and he meant so much to so many. Yeah. We was talking to She yesterday, and uh, we asked him what was his point of view from that lob that Kobe threw Shaq against y'all when he dunked on the whole organization. That's the word. <laughs> that's, how, that's how it looked. When I look at it, I get mad because I was supposed to be in Garden Cove, mm -hmm. and, and Dunleavy kind of switched the whole script up in the fourth quarter and kind of went with the vets. See, I was on Cove. He would never had no room to cross. You know, if you ever go back and watch the tape, he don't even think he did a, a move like that against me because I wasn't going. So when he switched it, I, I think about it like that. Like, mm. I would never let that happen. Mm -hmm. But when you see it, that just changed everything. And if y'all be honest, we could have easily won those championships. And our whole trajectory in our lives could have been totally different. different. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, championships that's, validate everything. That's one of the best teams never to win it. Yeah, yeah. No so, question. And if you, you know, if you, you know, if you ask Shaq, and, you know, I, I think Coleman might have said this, that they were just happy to get past us because mm -hmm. we, man, we was... That was the finals. We was wearing their ass out because we had so many good players. And yep. don't get me wrong, they had some great role players. And I'm, I hate to call them role players because we know how tough it is to be in a league and a role mm -hmm. player will bust your ass. But league standard-wise, they role players always will hurt you, you know? And, you know, you got the Robert Ories and the Brian Shaws and the D. Fishers, obviously, as we know, and the Devin Georges and mm -hmm. those guys. They, you know, they hit big shots in big moments. And, but we could have easily won a championship and we could, have, we could be having a totally different conversation mm -hmm. right now. What, what do you feel? Was it them? Was it the Western Conference? How, how come you feel you guys never really got over the hump uh, with those great Portland teams? This is my conspiracy theory, and we all talk about it, but, you know, the, the league is about money. And, you know, you know, would you have to have a Western Conference team in a small market like Portland? Or would you have the glitz and glamour of a team like L.A. in the finals every year with two of the most marketable guys in the history of the league? Mm. You know, it don't make, you know, we thought they, they, we thugs, we the jailblazers. We the guys that, mm -hmm. man, listen, they're going to steal your purse. You better hold it tight if they walk past you. That's how they portrayed us. And, you know, the craziest thing is that when you get betrayed like that, that stain is something that can never come off of you. Facts. That's what we, you know, we've dealt with, I've dealt with my whole career and, you know, to be honest, I took the blunt, most of the blunt of the stuff, and I was the one who never really did shit. Mm. You know, I'm, I mean, yeah. we talked to Sheet about that yesterday. You know, when the media, you know, labeled you guys the jailblazers, and 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 she said like, yeah, like literally, none of us have ever been to jail. But it was just a time where they said it, it stuck, and you guys didn't have a platform to respond or or to tell your side of the story. But like you said, I mean, that shit stuck with you your entire career. Mm -hmm. You feel like. 
Yeah, and that's why we started Let's Get Technical, you know, and I, and I appreciate my brother Stack, man. You know, when we all first got in this space, man, him, we just talk a lot. I remember he first started, and he was like, man, it's time for us to tell our story. Man. He was like, man, there's a lot more motherfuckers out there like us than it is like them. No question. He used to say it to me all the time. He was like, man, people relate to you, Bonzi. You just got to start telling your story because I was never a guy to be talking and shit. I was never in the media. You probably got no quotes from me because I was, I was just a hooper. I just wanted to hoop. And he was like, you need to get into it. I was kind of like, nah, nah. So I watched him move. And then he finally gave me the confidence to do it, man. Talk sheet into doing it. And it just, you, came, you came to New York. So when yeah, when yeah. I came to New York yeah. and saw y'all, yeah. I said, man, this is what y'all do. And it motivated me so much to do it. And I called Sheed when I left there, and I was so hyped, and he wasn't hurting my voice, and he agreed to it after about two years of saying no. <laughs> and, you know, so... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. About two years of saying no, but he... You know, and then it just, it's been, as y'all know, it's therapeutic. You know yeah, what I'm saying? We baby. get our own narrative out there. We can talk our shit. You know, people get to know us for the human side instead of just the right. villain that they portrayed us to be. And because, you know, when people don't know you, perception is their reality. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So people only hear reading Associated Presses of quotes of shit we done did and the text right. and all the bullshit. Made up like, shit. And people don't understand. We just competitive. We're going to get texts because we really want to win. You know what I'm saying? That text shit, as you know, y'all have seen the, the refs be cheating and all that dumb shit. So mm. that, a lot of that shit was fluff anyway. Mm. But, but for the most part, we we was fighting for the name, obviously, on the front of our jerseys, but we represent the name on the back of our right, jerseys for the most part, you know, because family mean everything to us. And so they just kind of had us twisted, but I'm just glad we did this. And you got, y'all brothers, you know, you gave me the confidence and to see y'all just to kind of put our own narrative out there now. No, I think it's Need beautiful. Her. I mean, for forever, it's been other people telling our stories. Yeah, they don't 100%. have nothing to do. So um, when you think back on your run, you, your first five years in Portland? Yeah. I mean, Western Conference Finals set a franchise record at the time, 45 points in 2003. What's your fondest memory of, of that run and your experience, whether it be on or off the court? Man, I mean, the court, on the court is basketball, but just off the court. You know, if you knew us off the court, man, like, we were so crew thick. Brothers, for You know real. what I'm saying? Like, you know, anywhere we go, we 10, 11, 12 deep. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? It's, you know, Stack, you know, he'll tell a funny story, but we ain't got to tell him, you know. Who no, you we had 45 on? Y'all, if you was some shit. It wasn't you, me. Shit. It wasn't me. I'm trying to, I just want to know who you had 45 on. It was a playoff game, too. Ooh, who was that? Dallas, man. You know, Dallas. Oh, yeah, your, somewhere yeah. in your state, y'all, Kmart State, you know, Kmart's yeah. town, you know, Oak Cliff Boys was in the building, you, you know, hype. 45? Yeah, 45, man. We was, uh, they beat us in seven games, but Dirk had 46 in game one, had 45 in game two. Mm. Okay. Yeah. And then kind of what helped us a lot, that Jailblazers rep was kind of like the best bodyguard we could ever have, too. Because shit, we yeah, walked around the They go to Jailblazers. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I'm yeah. So, Lead them up first you know, so Yeah, so, you know, kind of that helped a lot, too. And if you know us in real life, you know, you know cool. we ain't on that bullshit. We ain't cool. playing with you. You know, you're going right. to be able to handle us with no but shit like that. But I had some people on that team that was not to be played with. Brian Grant. Yeah, yeah. Some real ones. You can't handle us now. Yeah. Like, if you handle us, you know, it's going to be a problem, but... We ain't never get pushed to that really to that extent officially. You know, it has mm -hmm. some unofficial stuff that people don't know about, but <laughs> some know, off, but, some but it was just a, really the look. It yeah. wasn't really, you know, what people really knew about y'all was what the media painted at all times. After Portland, you make a few different stops, Memphis, Sacramento, Houston, New Orleans, play really well and with all those teams. You did? What was your yeah. From what I remember, oh. Bondi was a motherfucking monster. You oh, can talk yeah. all the shit you I'm, want. But. Yeah, I'm just trying to make sure we talk about uh, the right person. <laughs> what do you remember about that last, kind of the, the last half of your career? Man, I started traveling around a little bit. And I remember the first time, you know, getting away from, you know, Portland, I went to Memphis. I wasn't even trying to be cool with none of them dudes because I'm so Portland. I'm over here like, man, I don't y'all know. 
Shane Battier, you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Pal the Soul, you know what I'm saying? I don't even really, you know, before I met him, no, I'm mm-hmm. like, man, I don't even really fuck with y'all dudes like that. <laughs> so then, you know what I'm saying? I'm like, okay, they got my boy Ren, man. Rest in peace, my boy Lorenzo Wright. Lorenzo Wright. You know, that was one of the, him and Posey, James Posey, one of the first two, the Earl Watson. Them was one of the first three dudes I started fucking with. just seen Big Head Earl last night. So, so I must, I'm, I'm messing with them dudes and coming to find out, Jason Williams, White Chocolate is one of the funniest and the coolest white boys white ever. Boys in the, in history the history of, of white whiteness, boys, man. Listen, in the history of white boys, Jason Williams. I mean, he, Shout he's out, funny. He, he literally just texted me this morning. He said, "I'm, I'm being so cow. Let's put one in the air." Like literally this yo, morning, yo, like before yo, I was the even funniest up. Funniest motherfucker in the world. He'll tell you a five minute joke, <laughs> and he'll do magic tricks. Like, and he got a country ass accent. So when he listens to him, he listens to Randy Moss. And yeah, he yeah, shit, so, yeah. And he a chain smoker. Yeah, like we yeah, went golfing one day. 18 holes, this motherfucker smoked 12, 12 blunts. At least. I nice. said, holy shit, Jay Will. Awesome. And we're still nice at golf, though, too. Yeah, Listen, nice man. as fuck. Way to feel good. Great dude. <laughs> so, yeah, so when I got there, you know, so Memphis, Memphis was a good stop for me, man, because Memphis was my first chance to kind of branching out a little bit. But what I really had a great stop at was in Houston. Mm-hmm. You know, Houston, my first time being in a city where you got more than just, we, we the only game in town. Mm-hmm. You know, Portland, we the only game in town. Memphis, we the only mm-hmm. game in town. Sac, we was the only game in town. So now I'm in Houston. You know, I linked up with my boy's Big 50 down there. You know, he kind of run the city, kind of put me on to everything mm-hmm. and, you know, kind of just let me get move around a little bit. So I'm at the concerts, baseball games, football games, and all the lit parties and all this. <laughs> we wasn't doing this in Portland. So, you know, Houston was probably one of my best stops. You had a you had a, a, a list of, of, of real good coaches, uh, Dunleavy, Hubie Brown, Van Gundy, Adelman. Uh, any of those guys your favorite or who did you feel like you really picked stuff up from? Man, I know who I don't fuck with. Hmm. I like to hear that too. That's Fratello. Mike Fratello. Yeah, well, he, he was had, in Memphis. Yeah, he an asshole. Him and, him and Jeff Van Gundy like assholes. You know what I'm saying? In real life, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, but don't get me wrong, they can coach their ass off, but in real life, mm. they some assholes. Mm-hmm. And I don't care about saying that shit. You know, but it's um, all the smoke. You talk your shit here. But I really like the way Hub- what Hubie Brown was all about. Because yeah. Hubie Brown because he'll look in your eyes, like he, you know, cause. I loved him because he'd come up to us and he'd support at me and Jay Will and all the guys. And he he from the old school, so he don't know nothing about smoking weed. He called us the Coke and Free Base guys. So he was like, man, this was on the powder? They on Coke and because he'd be he'd be thinking <laughs> right, we back, back in the, the day. day. He thinking we right. on that. That's all he thinks. So he, he he was the Coke and Free Base crew. Me, Poe, he don't even know Poe's them don't even smoke. <laughs> but he just thought we all crewed up. So like, yeah. I don't hang with them. Them the Coke and Free Base guys. It's so funny and shit. Cause he just old school talking shit, but he was just a real one. Right. He used to come to us every day. He's like, listen. I got about nine of you motherfuckers that can play, and Pau Gasol is our man. Y'all gonna play six minutes on, six minutes off. I don't give a fuck who starts. And we did that shit my first year in Memphis. And we, you know, and it wasn't like hard practice, it was just consistent stuff every day. And I learned so much about the game in terms of execution, you know, being consistent. And Hubie was just a teacher. Mm-hmm. You know, he was teaching us like a motherfucker. And I was you know, I'm coming off Portland and shit. And you know, Portland was wild and a motherfucker. And I really had to sit down and learn the game. So he taught me so much mm-hmm. about the game. And like I said, Jeff Van Gundy's a great coach too. He know the, he know the game. He, like if he wrote a thesis on the game of basketball, mm-hmm. good. A fucking plus. Mm-hmm. He'll get it. But, you know, just being cool and trying to teach the game, you'll look at him like, no, nah, I'm straight, man, because you ain't even no type of motherfucker I want to learn from. You know what I'm saying? So, and, that, and that's just being a mindset. It's just reality. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? But he know, but if he, he know the you, game. But if he give nah. you that game, that, 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 that playbook before the year, that motherfucker oh, was this man, heavy. It, it was this thick. We had that shit in Orlando. You ever wrote a thesis in your life? I know somebody who did for me. Uh, <laughs> what about you? You know, damn well, I don't even know what it is. That's why I'm trying to well, do you know, it. You know, I'm a college graduate, though. Yeah, that's why I'm asking. Talk to him. That's why I'm asking. No, that's dumb motherfucker. 
What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he ain't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work. In traffic, so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Got my PrevNA 20 shot. It's a pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. For us, wise folks, it helps protect. I'm 19, strong. And asthmatic and at higher risk. Get vaccinated, but but nothing when grandma speaks. Grandson listens. 19 or older with chronic conditions like asthma, diabetes, or chronic heart disease, or 65 plus, you may be at higher risk for pneumococcal pneumonia. Prevnar 20 can help protect you with just one dose. Prevnar 20 is approved for adults to help prevent infections from 20 strains of the bacteria that cause pneumococcal pneumonia. Continued approval may depend on a supportive study. Don't get Prevnar 20 if you've had a severe allergic reaction to the vaccine or its ingredients. Adults with weakened immune systems may have a lower response to the vaccine. Side effects include pain and swelling at the injection site, fatigue, headache, muscle, and joint pain. For full prescribing information, please call 1-855-213-2138 or visit Prevnar20.com. Ask your doctor or pharmacist about getting vaccinated with Prevnar20, even if you've already received another pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. There's a lot happening these days. But I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. On a serious note, um, me and you, we're on big three time. We were really talking about getting in shape and doing a lot of things together and also playing the game. But while we were playing, uh, you went through some real stuff. You suffered a heart attack. And, you know, it really fucked me up because, you know, you're my real friend. And uh, you were going through a lot at the time. 
And then we didn't know, you know, you really wasn't telling us. You know what I'm saying? We had to find out, you know, when when you when you had really was in the hospital and everything that went down. But talk about going through that, bro, and and you know, staying strong through all that and you know, trying to figure out what was next. Cause I I mean that's what that's really what you was going through that whole time. We was trying to figure out what was next for all of us. Yeah, man. Hold on one second, bro. It's tough times, bro. I know. It was tough. Hold on one second. Take your time. Yeah, man. I can't believe y'all would ever see me out here crying, huh? Shit, <laughs> <laughs> we was crying together. Yeah. Give one second, bro. Gotta take your time, bro. I mean, that's the mode we was in the whole time. That's all we could do. All right, I'm ready, my fall. But yeah, man, it was a uh, it was a tough time, man, for you know myself, my family. You know, when you go through something like that, you know, you don't, you know, us, we can feel invincible at times. You feel like you realize you're not not invincible, right? And it's in that moment, think about your children, your parents, your brothers and sisters, family, everybody. I just remember when I was kind of going through it, and I fell out of my house. My son found me. He said, but get me to the hospital. See his face crying, brokenhearted. Killed me. Even more than the pain I was going through. That's my baby. That's my son. He's 22 years old, but I saw him as a baby. Then you know this it was tough. You know, this changed my life forever. Cause I, you know, I, I love different now. I'm not mm. afraid to tell somebody I love them now. I'm not afraid to be, be me. You know what I'm saying? Like, I was more reserved and laid back. More, I'm pouring to people now. You know, I'm pouring to them in different ways. You know, me and Stack joke and play, but that's the way we pour into each other. Yes, love. You know, and, you know, I just do that more now than anything. You know, because life's too short. I know it now. I was Man. 40 years old. And, you know, it's five days from my birthday. And just kind of, as you go through stuff like that, man, just be thankful for every day. You know, with this HBCU stuff came around to us, God, just working in my life. And this stuff has been stacking them for me ever since. And, you know, I appreciate guys like yourself, Kmart, and all my brothers who always keep me encouraged and always check in on me and all that shit. And I never even played with these dudes. You know what I'm saying? But they just know we real ones, and they, we just clicked up, and I just appreciate, you know, everything. But, you know, when you go through that, you just, you know, you know who loves you for real, too. Mm. You know, you learn a lot about people. You know, and there's some people that are seeing you vanilla text and like, you okay, but there's some people that really make sure you okay, right. you know, and, you know, I just really appreciate my children around that time, just, you know, being there. I'm just, you know, just every day I try to be a good dad. I try to be a present dad most best I possibly can, and I try to be even better son to my father and my, you know, because, you know, my parents are getting older and I, you know, so I try to spend more time with them and understand what's most important and, you know, fuck this hoop shit, fuck the money and all that bullshit. Family is, and, and memories is the only thing that's important to me now. And, you know, and that's what I try to do. And I know this basketball keeps me away from my family and, and, you know, back in Indiana or whatever. But I know God got me on a mission to touch more than just my family. And that's just what I'm doing. So and I'm thankful for every day. And, you know, 
I just, like I said, I don't take it for granted. Mm. Thank you for sharing that with us. You good? Yeah, I'm good. B-flog your glasses. Go ahead, man. Favorite part about retirement and the hardest part about transitioning from something you've done your entire life into that next phase of your life? Man, you know, you know, we think about when I think about my career, you know, I wasn't blessed enough, you know, like I said, rest in peace, Kobe, to have the Kobe farewell tour, you know, where everybody was, you know, this is my last year. Hey, I'm about done. This is my last year. You know, I kind of in my mind got kicked out the league a little bit. So mm. it was a little different. I remember I'm after year 10, you know, I'm just fresh off averaging 25 in the playoffs. So now I can't even get a job as a 15th man. So, you know, that does that do a lot on your psyche. And, you know, I didn't know it. But you know what I'm saying? I didn't realize what I was going through mentally. And mm. people don't really understand how much we really go through when the cheering stops. You know what I'm saying? People don't truly understand what we go through. Because that's all we used to is rocking the crowds and hooping and doing this and that. And, you know, I'm 32 years old, 33, and I'm knowing I still got a little bit of action still in me. You know what I mean? I couldn't get a job. I couldn't play. And, you know, I end up fucking going to China. No disrespect to China, but it's like 09. I'm like one of the first real tenure NBA players to go to China. It's serious over there, but I'm over here shitty. I'm averaging like 40. I'm mm. shitty because I can't, and I'm a league dude. Right. You know what I mean? I'm like, I'm trying to come back here. So, you know, that was tough for me. So, like, between, like, 2009 and 2014, I don't even really remember that shit because, you know, I was going through it so much mentally. I was just, I remember around that time I was just partying. I was out the league. I was partying. I was gambling every day. I was chasing. You know what I'm saying? And I ended up losing my woman, my kids, you know, every, you know, all that shit goes when you're out the league and all that shit. You know what I'm saying? So I was just going through all that bullshit. And I just remember just, just having a dark day. And I probably needed to talk to somebody. You know, we all, you know, but we too brody to talk to people. And I just remember, and I just really appreciated my hugging every time I see him. It was like 2014, and I'm sitting back, and I was having a pity party for myself, and I ended up watching Iverson had a doc. And he was talking about what he was going through to, to, in 2009 when the phone stopped ringing and he was going through all this shit. And I just remember to start crying like a motherfucker. And I was like, damn, it wasn't just me. Hmm. And I kind of, I didn't have his number, but I wanted to reach out to him and it kind of helped me snap out of it and kind of just get on with my life. You know what I'm saying? And I was just, you know, helped me tremendously, which I probably needed to talk to somebody, but I just appreciate that documentary when I watched it. And I just saw like, shit, I'm having a pity party like it's just me. Right. But I wasn't thankful for all the stuff God had already given me. You know what I'm saying? I'm over here worrying about the stuff that, you know, when I was, you know, I'm from the hood. You know, I ain't never had nothing. My family's huge. I was able to put my brothers and sisters through college, buy my parents' homes, do all the shit that we do. So I, I didn't think about those blessings. I was worried about the other shit. So I kind of snapped out of it and started moving on with my life. So I started volunteering more, became a volunteer coach, but volunteered at a high school about an hour and a half for me every single day. For five years, I was driving an hour and a half every day. Stack could tell you. Every day, just kind of just yeah. pouring into the kids. Like, man, that's what I'm going to do. I don't care. People laugh. And, ah, you can go. I'm like, man, we'll wake, up, we'll wake up early, like 5, 6 in the morning, get on the game. By, by the time you try, 8, 7, 7 o'clock, something, you got to drive an hour to school every morning. So I'm doing that. And I just like, I just want to do this to make sure I love this shit. You know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? I don't do it for fame. I don't do it for clout. And that's why I love the HBCU route I'm going, because if you see where we're at, this is the, you know, it's tough. HBCU, you know, I didn't, I'm from Indiana. We don't know shit about HBCUs there. We don't have any. So when I got to, you know, I've always been a guy, yo, support HBCUs and all that shit, but now I see it. They got to support HBCUs for real, not just in shirts and all that type of stuff, not just support the big ones. There's a lot of small ones out there that people don't understand that $10,000, $50,000, mm -hmm. $100,000 to float their whole program. I get all type of stuff. Like, at all our schools we've been through, a lot of buildings from the 50s and 60s, we don't even have no new facilities. Yeah. So it's, 
So nobody's going to come to optic-wise. Nobody's right. going to come to your school optic-wise because these other big schools got all the glitz and glamour. It's easy to go there. So it makes it so tough to stay consistent, make, bringing in money and bringing in top talent. So, so when I see these people, you know, donating tens and twenty, hundred million, whatever, to these top schools, I'm like, man, if y'all just broke down a million dollars into ten little small schools, man, right. y'all just don't even understand what that would do. would do. So that's why I just be trying to, like, you know, I watch Dion every single day. You know, I watch his quotes. I watch how he moves, and I'm like, let's just do that on the basketball side. You mm -hmm. know, let's do everything we can. I know I'm at a D two, but I represent all the HBCUs. You know, and. I just be trying to do what I can. And when I was doing this showcase, like I said, I got emotional just kind of seeing these young fellows kind of, I'm looking at all these tags and these different names of these teams that's looking at these kids and walking mm -hmm. around. I'm like, damn. That's big. I did these, you know, we did this for these young fellows and it's only getting to the beginning. So, you know, I'm so excited about how I'm moving right now. Mm. Yeah. Even even I went to the game, dog, and, and just as, for the players to see our relationship, mm -hmm. when I was able to go in the locker room and go, like they was, they was in awe because y'all see how we talk to each other. Right. But they was in awe to see us that cool, you know what I mean? And then I was able to talk to him and a lot of stuff I had going on. It was the perfect time to come talk to them kids, you know what I'm saying? So just to see the effect he having on on all those players and even other kids on the other teams was coming to talk to him after the game. That's what they need. Right. They need players like us, us that done it to show up right. and show them that, you know what I'm saying, we here to help y'all get us so y'all won't have to go through the shit we went through. Mm. I mean, your journey, you know, well documented. You, you opened up about your struggles. What would you tell a younger player about someone that's, that's stepping into the journey we've all taken? I mean, you know, I, I know I was ear hustling earlier, but these, you got to listen, man. You got to really listen and stay humble. Like I tell mm -hmm. my kids all the time, I don't care how high or low, you know, how high you get, you got to stay humble because we all seen this shit go from zero to 100, but we always see them go from 100 to zero. Quick. And, you know, we've all pumped our chest out a little bit one day and then bad shit happened to us the next moment. So I tell these kids, stay humble and just work. You know, I I do a little dumb shit, get shirts made and all that shit with all my little one-liners and quotes, and I wear them in practice, and I post them online and shit because that's just the reality of this shit. Because, you know, we all know it's somebody out there working a little mm -hmm. bit harder than us or trying to get our job or our spot or whatever the fuck we got going on. So I just tell our guys to stay humble and work. Who and what got you into coaching? We all coaches in real life. We got kids. You're going to coach AAU. You're going to do stuff. I got five sons. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I'm, I've always Shout been. Shout out G. That's my boy. Yeah, so I've always been, a, a you know, an AAU dad. A dad is, you know, and then when we hoop, you come back, you run your camps. You're always kind of in the gym. But just like I said, um, I just wanted to just start volunteering to make sure I love it. And it just became a process. I did it, you know, almost five years. And... When this opportunity came, I just prayed on it, and mm -hmm. I'm just I just keep. I remember talking about it. Yeah, you know, I was you know I, I was on the fence, so I'm just you know, people. Don't, I mean, I'm not overly spiritual, but my grandfather was a pastor, you know, so I'm a real you know a real heavy, you know deep in church family. But I really believe in the power of prayer, you know, mm -hmm. and I just let God work in my life, and He's been working. Mm. Give me five dinner guests, dead or alive. I'm, I'm family oriented. See, I want my uncle, my cousin. She passed. My cousin Debbie, my uncle Marvell, my grandfather. You know, all them people I can't get back. See, I don't, you know, I would love to talk to some people that I don't know, but mm -hmm. I would love to, you know, Family first. Family is everything for mm -hmm. me. Yeah. Dig. Uh, album you can listen to with no skips. <sighs> no skips? How many How many picks I get? Whatever you want. Give us three of them. Damn, a reasonable doubt. Mm -hmm. Jay-Z for sure. Should have went triple. I'm a here, huge MJG, baseball MJG fan. So I'm a huge, so, dang, what's... What's that, that, that Space Age Pimpin' CD? 
And then I'm a huge, dang, I got, between UGK and, and Ghetto Boys, you know, that Resurrection Ghetto Boys, I'm a huge Ghetto Boys fan, shout out to Scarface, mm -hmm. you know, he one of the first dudes to pick me up when I got to Houston to show me around. Mm -hmm. That's dope, <laughs> yeah, shout out Scarface, dudes, yeah. yeah. And I'm a huge UGK fan, you know, rest in peace, Pimp, but I just, you know, we're from That's the Midwest, true. so we don't really have a, you know, a sound like that. We have, you know, the, you know, up in Michigan, you know, they have their sound and stuff. But we don't, you know, Twister and them in, in Chicago. But in Indiana, we don't have a sound, so we flirt with everything. So mm -hmm. those are my, some of my favorites. Mm. First thing you do when you wake up, last thing you do before you go to bed. And I'm going to get up and pray for sure. You know, yeah. I'm going to get up and talk to God before I get But then at my age, I stretch. <laughs> you know, I got to really? stretch, yeah, because I, I still get out there with the kids. You know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? They be talking that fly shit, and I be trying to get, gotcha. you know, let them know I still got some action. You know, I ain't moving too bad. I'm just giving them a little ass, but that stuff still is real. So I stretch a lot. And... Really, I try to go golf. You know, that's one of the first things thing. I'm trying to do. I golf every single day. Oh, golf, really? Yeah, golf changed my life. You know, golf got me in a whole nother world, got me around different people. You know, I'm, you know, when I used to come home in the summertime, I'm in the hood. I'm, right. We over there shooting dice. They over there, we doing all the, the, the fuck shit. So now when I come home now, <laughs> I'm on the golf course trying to play 36 holes, so it kind of weeded out. You, you know, up, some huh? of my friends, like I see them in the shorter term instead of, you know, seeing them right. all day, but... You know, you know, golf is therapeutic too. You yeah. know, kind of got to clear your mind. You hit the ball. You know, I've been playing 20 years, so I done got pretty good. So, mm. you know, people don't expect me to be good. So right. I always kind of play. I hate I'm telling people now, but I always kind of play like I'm no good and kind of uh -huh. bust their ass. I don't even know the rules, but I got to hear how good he is daily. <laughs> and I don't even know the rules. <laughs> yeah, I'm tired of hearing that shit. If you could have one guest on All The Smoke, who would it be? But you have to help us get your answer on the show. Sure, I mean, I haven't had Jay-Z, have you? Mm. You don't know, Hove. Stop I don't front. know, but we can. We, it gotta be somebody you you can you hear? I just said it gotta be somebody you know. We done shook Hov's hand before, so we, we can't act like he don't know us. <laughs> so we, you talking about we can't reach out to Hov? He ain't gonna say what's up, Bonzi? What's up, Stack and Matt? The fuck? Can I ask you the question again? Go ahead. I'm just saying. Who I'm can not, I help you get? Can I can I ask you the question again? Though? Go ahead. Because you, you gotta, you know, you speak with a list. Bro, can I ask you a question? <laughs> you speak with a list. You country motherfucker. I don't be know what you be saying all the time. Go ahead. If you had a guest, if you could see a guest on the show, like see, see motherfucker. See with my eyes. Yes, them two, yeah. If you could see somebody on the show, who would it be? But you have to get them on the show. I would have to call them. Yes, nigga. I think I really like. And I, you know, I'm all about brotherhood. Y'all really need to get Damon on here, Stoddy. Yeah, Mighty Mouse. I need to get Stoddy on here. Yes, yeah, you know, that's Stoddy, a good call. Stoddy, man, you know, Stoddy, I, I really appreciate him all year long. He kind of helped me in my process, man. He talked to me about a coach. And if you ever talk to Dame, he's real, like, laid back. He talks slow, like, man, you know, you know, got the, you know how Dame is. And, you know, I'm just proud of him. You know, he's doing big things. Mm -hmm. He just, you know, they got beat in the finals in Boston, but, you mm -hmm. know, they were there. And, you know, he's doing his thing, but Damon will be a great guest, and I can definitely call him right now and get yeah, him. Yeah, you know him. I know he, you know him. He's out here right now. He can get here tomorrow. Oh, okay. All right, cool. We need that love. Got you. Package for you, man. Why don't you go and tell him what that is? Yeah, man. This Legends. is the uh, Legends and All collab. the Smoke collab. So if this is for you. Thank you, my brothers. I appreciate y'all. I no, appreciate you. No, we appreciate you, man. Normally don't do that and make six X's, but <laughs> I got you a six X wife beater <laughs> in there. And um, a nice little bikini for you. Don't hate, don't hate me. Thong or not? You see, I hate you. He hating because I'm a power guard. So they don't make people like me no more. They don't, power make, guard. They don't make power guards no more, man. Everybody from that shit. Yeah, man. Could you imagine me in today's game? Oh, no. be all bad. No. Man, be please, punishing. man. They couldn't play Draymond Green at the center in the game no, with us. No, That's, no, no. I love Draymond, though. We all love him, but oh, back my then, goodness, no. love him to death. Uh, different animal. Yeah. <laughs>
Well, Bonzi, man, we want to thank you for coming through and 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 I sharing your story. I told y'all this was gonna be one of the worst episodes. Nah, we had. This, <laughs> but to really open up and be vulnerable, yeah. all the bullshit aside, man, we appreciate you. Yeah. We love what you're doing, man. Thank Beautiful you. things, like you said, it's, it's a mission. Now you love different, so we love to hear that. And we appreciate that, man. So thank you, thank you, man, appreciate for your, your time. Boy. Love you, bro. Boy. Good luck with everything, man. Appreciate you, my boy. You can catch this Bonzi Wells episode on Showtime. Basketball in the iHeart platform, Black Effects. We'll see y'all next week. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. AT&T Connects and Ode to Podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles, ready for next day installation, and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com, that's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. Rev up your thrills this summer at Cedar Point on the all-new Top Thrill 2. Drive the sky on the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch vertical speedway. And now, for a limited time, get more Cedar Point fun for less with our limited-time bundle for just $49.99. Get admission, parking, and all-day drinks for one low price. But you better hurry, because this bundle won't last long. Save now at cedarpoint.com. 